We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him. He's Zach Kelberman, and he has been his fingers flying over the keyboard today with the the news, the rumors, the transaction, a big signing. Zach, we'll get to some of the Dalvin Cook rumors and all that. But first things first, gut reaction. <clears throat> One of the biggest, um, what's a, for lack of a better term, thorns that has kind of stuck under my saddle all offseason is, right, like veteran, proven veteran help on the edge. Randy Gregory after him, you get a little scarce. We've talked a lot about Frank Clark when we get asked who are some of the guys available that we might like to see come to Denver. Lo and behold, who did the Broncos sign today, Zach? Uh, none other. Frank Clark, two-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Pro Bowler. What was your gut reaction? The Sean Payton effect is real, and it's effing glorious. I mean, Adam Schefter put it out there that Frank Clark hit it off with Sean Payton. They had a conversation, and Frank Clark said he wants to help the Broncos get back to the mountaintop. If that was Nathaniel Hackett or Vic Fangio or VJ, I don't think Frank Clark would have signed in Denver. Uh, it's great having an adult in charge and it was a, such a, a smart move by Denver shoring up that position with the guy who's been there he's third all time in postseason sacks Chad he also had the ninth best coverage rating among edge defenders last season about a hundred and I think 39 of them so you're you're getting help in the pass rush you're getting help in coverage two bugaboos for Denver and it coincides with the news that Baron Browning underwent arthroscopic knee surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus. He's expected to return sometime in training camp, but this allows the Broncos not to rush him back. It allows the Broncos more flexibility. If something happens to Randy Gregory, knock wood, you have Frank Clark there. I think at this stage, June 8th, one-year deal worth up to, I think, what, $5.75 million with incentives. Great job by George Payton. Great job by Sean Payton. They have dominated the offseason, and now all they have to do is translate that to the field. Man, if you could just get, <clears throat> pardon me, a little bit of a little bit of luck from the from the injury bug, and your starting edge duo is Randy Gregory and Frank Clark for the majority of a season. I think that's a formidable duo that could make some hay. I think that that could create a lot of opportunities 
for a defense to become predatory because one thing to factor into this whole equation, Zach, is in something we've been longing for since, frankly, 2014, is Sean Payton going to upgrade Russ. The offense will be better. It's a question of degrees. I think it's going to be a significantly better offense. I think it's going to be a significantly uh, more productive offense. And what does that mean? Well, you're putting points on the board. You're getting out maybe sometimes uh, first-half leads get to the third quarter, you're up by 10, you're up by 13, whatever it might be, and teams start going to the drop-back game. And you've got Frank Clark now, Randy Gregory, and then a stable. This is what I like. Two proven guys and then a stable of young dudes with upside uh, that can come in in waves. It's very similar, although just slightly different, um, you know, uh, order, I guess, or complexion to it. But it's similar to Super Bowl 50. Think back to it. DeMarcus Ware, Von Miller. All right, two proven vets, productive vets on the edge leading the way. And then when they needed a little breather, who was the second wave? Shaquille Barrett, Shane Ray, and it worked to devastating effect. So if the Broncos can get just a little bit of luck by way of the injury bug, I think their edge group now has me no longer kind of chewing my fingernails when I start thinking about it. You're right. It went from a position of weakness to a position of potential strength. And two more thoughts I have on this. It's great to have that veteran mentor presence for young guys like Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, even Baron Browning, and also getting a guy who played for Kansas City. Now he's going to play against Kansas City twice a year. He faced off against Mahomes in practice. The Broncos, as we all know, haven't had many victories against Kansas City in the last however many years. I think this was a small victory for Denver, I think hurting a rival while helping themselves. I do like this move a lot. Week two of the 2015 season. Gosh, man, it irks me. It irks me. That's the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. Uh, Troy, what's going on, big dog? Great to see you. Thanks for jumping in way early with a super chat. Really helps get us excited. I mean, we didn't need any additional help tonight because there's plenty to talk about. But when we see a super chat waiting, we're like, man, run into the room to get going for you guys. So thank you, Troy. He says, hey, guys, happy with Clark because we needed edge, but only want – Dalvin Cook if we can still sign some defensive line help. So, Zach, let me set the stage on this really quick. Dalvin Cook, as we've talked about on the show many, many times uh, this offseason, sketchy situation in Minnesota, was expected to be cut for a long time and or traded. The connection to George Payton and the Vikings and all that and the Broncos' relative need for running back help uh, linked him to the Broncos for months, right? Then today, Zach, well, first of all, a couple days ago, was it, yes, it was yesterday, Mike Kliss puts out a mailbag saying that uh, he kind of kicked the hornet's nest in, in, inadvertently. I don't think he meant to, but basically saying, by the way, Dalvin Cook's out there and, uh, you know, he's under contract. So right now, I don't, the, you know, the Broncos are not really in on this right now. And uh, that got aggregated. Pro Football Talk ran it, a few other places. We ran it, right? And then today, uh, detonation. Explain what happened today and why the Broncos are being linked. Yeah, Mike Kliss said there's, this was his words, no way the Broncos would trade for Dalvin Cook because they don't want to give up more assets and uh, take on his contract, but he said they might make a phone call. George Payton would make that call. You mentioned the connection if he were to become a free agent. And lo and behold, it came out today that the Vikings are prepared to release Dalvin Cook uh, barring a last-minute trade. That release will become official tomorrow. He'll be able to sign with any team. And uh, according to Adam Schefter, two teams, the Miami Dolphins, which is where I think Dalvin Cook wants to play. Um, he posted something on Instagram where he showed Hard Rock Stadium in the background. 
but also the Denver Broncos. They've been monitoring per Schefter, monitoring Cook status for weeks now, and that coincides with them releasing three running backs over that time span and also clearing up cap space after um, getting rid of Brandon McManus. A chunk of that cap space now has gone to Frank Clark, as we know, but if they want Dalvin Cook, they can get him. They can always finesse and massage the salary cap. The question is, does Dalvin want Denver? That I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I think it would be a luxury thing. Um, I know there's a lot of guys on uh, social media right now that are like, there is no downside to pursuing Dalvin Cook because you want to talk about money. It's not your money, and the Broncos have the money. So what do you care what they're spending? Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. I just don't know that you need it. You know, um, Javante's ahead of schedule, and I'm going to grab Dave. David, thank you, bro, by the way. I'm just going to grab you now. Papa Bear in the house. Thank you. Very generous. He's saying, I'm pumped that the Broncos signed Clark, MHH for life. Buck him with a B times three and Denver Broncos for life. So cool. We are too, big dog. Trust on that. Um, but, Zach, as far as downside, upside on uh, on Dalvin, I just don't think you really – it'd be a luxury signing. Now, there's plenty of pros to uh, you know having the means to, to uh, afford and procure a luxury signing like that. But I agree, whether it's defensive line or other – aspects of the roster could you maybe earmark some of that money for a more um more needed position group like defensive line depth you again defensive line is similar zach uh to to the broncos edge rushing situation prior to 
to today. You got a few vets, a couple of two, three vets that you can trust to hold down the starting lineup. But when they need a breather, if and when either got any of those guys go down, who's behind them? Young, untested, unproven guys. So uh, anyway, I'm I'm rambling a little bit on Dalvin Cook, but I just don't see the abject need to go out and like go crazy trying to get him. But you know, but I sure as heck wouldn't hate if he was here. No, I'm not going to, you're right. I'm not going to overpay for Dalvin Cook. I'm not going to, you know, reset the market to acquire his services. And if he's that pricey, let him go to Miami. The Broncos could get by at running back. But the thing is here, it would be a luxury on paper. We don't know though, when Javante will be healthy, if he'll be a hundred percent healthy. We don't know until we know. And that might not happen until week four, week eight, week 12, whatever behind uh, Javante, Samaje P. Ryan's never been the top dog for a whole season in his NFL career. He's been a number two guy. Who's behind him? Tony Jones Jr., who half of Broncos country didn't even know existed before the Broncos signed him. He's been a special teams guy and a backup backup to a backup in New Orleans. And then behind him is Jaleel McLaughlin and uh, Tyler Beatty, Batty, whatever. So if it's a one-year deal for four or five million bucks and it's you know, it's understood that he's a rental or a mercenary. You can do a lot of good in a Sean Payton offense with a player like Dalvin Cook, four consecutive thousand yard seasons. He had a thousand yard year last year, despite having a shoulder injury, four time pro bowler. He is one of the best backs in the NFL. And Sean Payton talked about the Joker role for Greg Dulcich. He mentioned Alvin Kamara and Reggie Bush. Those are running backs. I think Dalvin Cook would fit that role much more seamlessly than uh, Greg Dulcich. Yeah, I mean, he, he, let's talk about some of the pros here. There aren't too many cons, all right? So let's just really hone in on the on the pros. He's only 27. Let's see, when does he turn 28? Let me see here. Uh, I got to scroll back up on his wiki. Turns 28 uh, in August. So he he's entering, let's just say, his age 28 season. So that means ostensibly, Zach, he's got, he's got probably three more years of productive ball. But if you look at his stats the last four seasons – you get him to 225 carries, you're you're getting a thousand yards out of him, and his average has declined a little bit over the past two seasons, but not that much. Like he's still a very healthy 4.4 yards per carry. Even Zach Amid, as you mentioned, some of the obstacles that he had last year, and then you know you got the touchdowns. As far as his receiving, you know nothing. I mean, his third year. Look at that, 53 receptions, over 500 yards. So. I bet this is a guy, Zach, very much so that Sean Payton is, you know, kind of licking his chops over. But what is he going to cost? That's that that would be my question. What what is he looking for? And do you really want to go gangbusters? I mean, the last time the Broncos spent money like on a top tier contract for a running back, Melvin Gordon, three years ago, whatever it was. Uh, and that rankled us the entire time. Yeah, it did. But Dalvin Cook, I think, is a much better running back than Melvin Gordon. He can do more in the passing game as well. I think I saw he had 39 catches last year. I just looked it up. That would be more receptions than Greg Dulcich had last year. So he is a two-way running back who I, I just feel Sean Payton would love to utilize him. But it's a, it's a win-win in a sense. If you get him, great, on a short-term contract for relatively low money, that's only going to make the offense better if you don't get him well you have Javante coming back you have Samaj P. Ryan and you and I are both high on Jaleel McLaughlin so if they want to kick the tires they want to see what his cost will be they want to see how open he is to coming to Denver I have no problem with that as long as they don't overpay or bend over backwards I'm cool with the pursuit all right let's uh let's jump back into the chat here and grab Sam Bam 
Really appreciate you, big dog. Very generous. He says, evening, guys. I'm glad we signed Frank Clark to bolster the front seven, but why do you think the Chiefs let him go? Money, something else. Why would he go from a championship team to a division rival? Seems a little weird to me. Zach, why were the Chiefs reluctant to bring him back? Why has he languished out there till you know the month before training camps essentially begin? What do you, what's your answer for Sam? I have a theory. I, I can't profess to know the inner workings of Kansas City. I don't cover them, obviously, but I, I, it seems like the Chiefs want to get younger on defense and cheaper on defense. They've allocated a lot of money to three players in Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. It seems like, um, is Spagnuolo still the D.C. there? I, I feel like, yeah. So I feel like he's made it a point to reload that defense through the draft. Cost-controlled contracts, younger players, higher upside. Frank Clark filled his role in Kansas City. He won two rings, and you just it's part of the business. You move on. No different than when the Broncos moved on from Von Miller. It's just part of the NFL. I, I wouldn't look... I wouldn't look at it as a bad thing or a negative thing like he was available. I mean... A lot of the free agents the Broncos signed were available. We're not poo-pooing them like Ben Powers or Mike right. McGlinchey. They hit the open market, and the Broncos pounce. I think, again, for June 8th to get a two-time Super Bowl winner, three-time Pro Bowler, third all-time in postseason sacks on a one-year deal, and he wants to play in Denver. It's not just the money. He wants to play with Sean Payton. He wants to help the Broncos win. I'm sure he wants to beat Kansas City in his former team. Like Michaela says here, I love the move. Love you so much, Michaela. Thank you for the very generous super chat. Look, mine's doing like mega, mega delay now, Scott. I might like bounce out and relaunch. I don't know. We're, we're trying to get to the bottom of why StreamYard does these lags when we pull up another tab and then come back. We thought maybe we had cracked a code, but um, I guess if worse comes to worse, that's what I'll do. But Michaela, love you so much. Really appreciate it. She's down for this move, as you mentioned, Zach. She says, go Broncos. Um I think, you know, one thing to consider when it comes to Frank Clark is this isn't Frank Clark circa, you know, 2020, 2021 even. This is a dude who's entering his age 30 season and as productive as he has been. I mean, you look at his his uh, resume. It's not like uber productive, Zach. His career high in uh, sacks 2018 was with uh, the Seahawks in 2018. That's his career high 13. As a chief in the last four seasons, I'm going to tell you what his sack total was. First year, eight. Second year, six. Third year, four and a half. And then last year, five. They won two Super Bowls over that four-year span. And as you mentioned earlier, he's uh, third in, in sacks playoffs all time. That's nothing to shake a stick at. But, Zach, it's not like, you know, if he was producing double those numbers. Because, I mean, again – Last year, five and a half sacks or five sacks in 15 games. You know, that's that's not like insanely good. I'm not trying to kill anyone's uh, excitement on this. I'm not trying to extinguish your stoke in any way, shape or form. But let's not pretend this is a guy who's coming off, you know, 2019, 16 sacks, 2020, 12 sacks, you know, 2021, 10 and so on and so forth. So there are some uh, factors to this, including his age. But I think, dude. He's he's exactly what the Broncos needed in terms of looking at the field out there of veterans who could come in and fill that role. I'm stoked. Gary, love you, big dog. He says, guys, I'm amazed. My 10-win season looks real. I may have to up the ante. Denver Broncos for life and buck them. Zach. 
Oh, thank you, Gary, as always. Uh, it's, it's amazing the support that you show us. I just want to straw man what you said real quick, Chad. In Kansas City, he didn't have nearly the same defensive talent around him as he will in Denver. So I feel like that would enable him to get more sacks or cause more um, pressure, which is production, by the way. It's not just sacks. If you hurry the quarterback, hit the quarterback, mm-hmm. disrupt the play, that's the uh, primary objective of an edge rusher. And also, the Broncos aren't signing him to be a full-time starter. You know, Ideally, you have Randy Gregory and Baron Browning as the starters, and Frank Clark can come in and be the, the DPR. You know, in the NASCAR package, he could be the designated pass rusher and play on third downs. So looking at it through that scope, if he can get a couple pressures per game, get to the quarterback and also simultaneously mentor the young players, make Baron Browning better, make Nick Benito better. What's not to like about it? I agree. I honestly and especially uh, man, it's doing it again. Uh, I might I might close out just for a second, relaunch uh, my browser and come right back. But especially when you look, Zach, at what the Broncos uh, are paying him like I think it's pretty it's not just team friendly I think it it's quite fitting for where he's at in his career uh, Carol love you I'm gonna let Zach grab the super chat I'm gonna dip out I'll be right back trust see you guys in just a second yep Carol appreciate you 1999 super she says highlight of my day that's it's so amazing to hear thank you Thanks for all you guys do at MHH. We do it because of you, Carol. We do it because of every single person in this room, every single person listening. It's not BS. It's not cliche. This show exists because of you guys, and uh, we are eternally grateful for that. Michael Ronquillo, another you know prime example of what I was talking about. Michael says, good evening, Chad and Zach on the Mile Idol podcast. Go Broncos and buck them. Love you, Mike. Love you too, Doug. Says, I hope we go for the Vikings running back. That shores up that area. A lot of people are excited about the prospect of Dalvin Cook, and it's understandable, but, um, you know, the Broncos did sign Samaje Pirine because Sean Payton believes he's a starting caliber guy and can do everything really, really well, and you're getting Javante back. So do you need him? Probably don't need him, but, hey, I mean, better to have and not need, Zach, than, than need and not have because you don't know for sure what's going to happen with Pookie. Well, really quickly, just before anyone loses their minds, let me just make it easy. Okay, there we go. Now it's back to normal because we get a lot of, I don't know why people hate seeing that, but David Kilgore, 999 Super. Thank you so much, David. As always, another great member of Broncos country and great listener of the podcast. What about going after Buda Baker? Why? You know, it's like they don't, that's the ultimate. You talked about luxury move with Dalvin Cook. That would be, what's more than a luxury move? Unnecessary. I mean, just a gold-plated toilet seat. That would be Buda Baker. They have, their safeties are fine. Simmons obviously is locked in place. Caden Stearns, who I've been and you have as well, Chad, have been pounding the table for him to start. He actually had a really impressive interception in practice today that Sean Payton talked about. And below him, you have JL Skinner, who you just drafted. You brought back PJ Locke. Um, you have uh, Delarian Turner Yell, the, the draft. Uh, class member from last year, you don't need Buda Baker. Would he be nice to have? Sure, but I'm not trading and giving up assets and then paying him a contract on top of that. I thought it was interesting. I agree 100%, but I thought it was interesting what Peyton said today about Caden Stearns. And Stearns has been a uh, consistent topic of conversation in these pressers. Uh, the question was posed, Zach, to Peyton kind of like, hey, do you believe Stearns is going to take the next step this year? You know, take that next step. Sean says, quote, look, the next step is that cliche term. I hope all of them take the next step because last year's steps were not good enough. I think that he's smart, that, and that's a good trait to have at his position. He also has instincts 
that was a heck of a play down the field and staying on top that you mentioned his big play today. For him staying healthy and then taking a little bit of this momentum, confidence is born really out of demonstrated ability. You can hope for confidence or say, I'm going to be confident, but it's only born from demonstrated ability. Plays like that, you guys have all seen a preseason game where someone excels, and then all of a sudden, you have a different player. You can point to a certain moment. He's one of those type players, close quote. So he's an equal part saying that, you know, hey, it's an OTA. It's great to see it. But at the same time, that type of play from demonstrated ability is exactly what it takes for a younger, still ascending guy to uh, really capture that confidence and seize momentum. I think he's looking for consistency from Caden Stearns. You know, Stearns has been um, hampered by injury and he wants to see him prove it like you were talking about or implying there in a real-life game situation when the bullets start flying for real, not just in a, a simulated walkthrough like an OTA practice is. But the way I look at it, number one, Caden Stearns seems to just always make plays when he's on the field, whether it's an interception or a pass breakup, just being in the right place at the right time. His instincts, his athleticism, it just craps all over uh, Kareem Jackson. And number two, there was that rumor not too long ago that Caden Stearns might not be ready for training camp because of that hip injury or surgery that he had last year that was supposedly pretty serious. The fact that he's an OTAs already in June making plays and, and recording picks, I'm looking at that as a major win for this Broncos defense, and I cannot wait to see you know, barring his health, Caden Stearns in a full-time role. He needs to be the starter. And I honestly think that's how the Broncos are viewing this. You know, we've heard a lot about how before Kareem Jackson could be brought back, a discussion had to occur on what his role would be. And lots of rumors buzz that Kareem is understanding of and accepting of the reality that he's really only going to start if they need him. You know, he's their fail safe. He'll, he will be the third safety on the field no matter what, you know, health willing. But they're really, I think, Zach, um, hinging a lot of their, their hopes this year on Caden Stearns. Um, and the only thing I could say that might be uh, a little fly in that ointment, Zach, is he's not necessarily a strong safety type. Like he is more suited to the Justin Simmons type role where he can run around in coverage, be the uh, single high guy, still be good enough to come down and support, you know, when it comes to tackling and, and the run and all that stuff. But, like, he's not that tone-setting hard hitter. He's more of a ball hawk. He's more of an athlete, fly around the field, make plays. So, hey, NFL's not what it used to be where you had, you know, the, the if you think back to the Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom, you know, that era of football is kind of like the tail end where, those two safety roles, Zach, were so specifically delineated. You had the Earl Thomas, who was the speedster, you know, run with receivers down the field, literally be that last line of defense. And then the guy who could drop down on the box, like, <clears throat> pardon me, Cam Chancellor, and just be a force, create fear, apprehension, big hits, huge tackles, force fumbles, stuff like that. And as defenses have continued to evolve over the years, and I think Vic Fangio, for whatever it's worth, is a big reason why defenses in the NFL have evolved to a point where, you know, safeties can kind of be more jack-of-alls, you know, not necessarily masters of, of one thing. But it is something I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out relative to Justin's the free safety. So if it is going to be Caden Stearns, he's the strong guy, how's he going to hang with that? Well, you're right. 
Um, but you know who is a prototypical strong safety? You know who can hit? That would be J.L. Skinner, who the Broncos just drafted. And it might not happen this year, but I do feel like uh, Skinner is the future starter. I think Stearns and Skinner, sounds like a law firm, they're the future at the safety position. <laughs> this could be Simmons' last year in Denver, Chad. I, I mean, like he that. could be a cap casualty next offseason. So the future is with those two guys. And I think with that pairing, you know, take Kareem Jackson out of the equation. He's not coming back next year. Not another one-year deal. You have a prototypical free safety guy in Stearns, and you have the hard hitter, the TJ Ward, the enforcer type in JL Skinner. Scott, did we get Mike Reno at 617? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On Facebook, I'm just gonna grab him real quick. Uh, appreciate you, Mike. Good to see you tonight, bro. He's saying hello, Broncos country, Chad, Zach, and Scott, and the entire <clears throat> pardon me, MHH family. Sorry, I'm short on stars, but glad to be here. Love y'all, MHH for life. No worries, bro. Denver Bronx for life. We appreciate you. Doesn't always have to be stars, big dog. We're happy to have you in the in the conversation tonight, George. I'm still waiting for your email, bro. You won the jersey for Facebook for May. Shoot me an email tonight milehighhuddle at gmail.com all right and let's figure out what jersey you want what size get your address so we can get that coming to you we want you to have your jersey big dog he wants to know though zach what is your opinion on how much money cook will get pardon me from a team and is it a multi-year contract etc what do you what do you think he's going to command well you know i'm looking at his peers on the open market and Ezekiel Elliott's still unsigned. Uh, Kareem Hunt is still unsigned. I'm probably forgetting a name or two, but it seems like we've been talking about running backs being devalued for years, but I think this off season has truly crossed the, uh, the, the point of no return for that position. It's it's, they don't get paid. They don't have much longevity and uh, a player like Zeke or a player like Kareem Hunt, they have no business being unsigned yet. Here they are. I don't know that Dalvin is going to make what he made in Minnesota, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not far from that, considering he's better than Zeke. He's better than Kareem Hunt. I mean, he is one of the best running backs of this last, you know, five or six years or so. So I would say it depends on what a team offers him, how desperate he can uh, get a team to be. It could be a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, then he'll retest the open market next year, or maybe a multi-year deal with a lot of upfront guaranteed money. If it's the latter, I don't see the Broncos entering those sweepstakes. They had about $10 million bucks before the um, Frank Clark signing. They can't afford Dalvin on a multi-year deal where it's mostly guaranteed. If it's a one-year deal, though, incentive-laden, prove-it deal, then I can definitely see George Payton making that aforementioned phone call. And, I, I mean, there's multiple reasons why Cook is probable to land in Miami. Um, probably the most significant of which, Zach, is that's the scheme. 
You know, the zone stuff is, I mean, he was always good, right? He was, he's always been good as a pro when he's been healthy coming out of uh, Florida state, but it wasn't until you got to the West coast stuff in Minnesota and the zone blocking scheme, Kubiak coming in. Um, and then, you know, last year with O'Connell that he really like flourished and turned into the pro bowl thousand yard, like automatic guy. And he understands that, you know, he, he probably wants to go somewhere where that's the predominant philosophy as far as the running game. And from what we understand, that's not what it's going to be in Denver. Denver's going to be, not to say they won't use some different wide zone, inside zone stuff to throw, you know, mix things up, but it sounds like it's going to be more of the traditional kind of power gap oriented thing that Sean Payton really has has implemented for most of his, you know, uh, career as the as the head coach guy. So I don't know, but at the end of the day, Zach, money talks. Really, money right. is what is going to answer this. So I don't know. And that's why I kind of pump the brakes a little bit. You bring up how much was was created after the Brand McManus cut. All right, you had a little bit of wiggle room. You still have some Evan Mathis money, quote unquote, even after signing Frank Clark. But if you go and, and try, I mean, it's voodoo, right? The salary cap can be manipulated. You can defer the hits over multiple years. Just depends on how it's structured, uh, signing bonuses, all that stuff. There, if there's a will, in other words, Zach, there is a way, regardless of you know whether the Broncos have five million in, in uh, cap space or fifteen million. Uh, but it is something to keep in mind because some of these positions, all right, we don't know how things are going to shake out. Like, hey, it was better to go bring back Cam Fleming than nothing as far as your your swing tackle is concerned. But what if you get to camp and it's not looking good? What if you get to camp and one of the guys goes down and suddenly Cam Fleming is your starter? You're going to need a little bit of budget to go out and find someone to to be swing. And just some of the other positions like that that are a little bit more vulnerable. That's why I'm saying, do you really need – Dalvin Cook. I don't know. Again, if they sign him, I'm not going to hate it. I'm going to be stoked that dude's in Denver, and I'm going to be really excited to see what he can do in Sean Payton's scheme and how he can help Russ and all that stuff. But I'm just not like running to get it done. Yeah, that's why I said earlier. I mean, if the Broncos really want Dalvin Cook that badly, they can find a way to sign him. They can find a way to fit him under the salary cap, you know, it, unless he's asking for just ridiculous money. But if he's if that's the case, if he wants a multi-year deal out of guaranteed, I could see you know George Payton saying thanks, but no thanks. I helped draft you in Minnesota, and good luck onward. You know who runs the ball really well? You mentioned he wants to go a rushing offense. Mike McDaniel in Miami. I'm just preparing Broncos country. Don't rush out and buy your Dalvin Cook number four Broncos jersey, whatever number he would wear. I think he will end up in Miami, though there is a chance that Sean Payton and George Payton could surprise. I mean, we didn't see the Frank Clark signing coming. We didn't see the McManus release coming. I mean, that day, we thought it could happen. They move in silence. They are really anonymous donors, as Sean Payton said. So if we wake up tomorrow when the release is official and we see Dalvin Cook is in Denver, I'm not going to be shocked. If I see that he signed with Miami, I am not going to be shocked either. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Guys, so good to see so many of you in the chat with us tonight, both on YouTube, Facebook, few of you on Twitter, few of you from Twitch. 
YouTube, Facebook. Guys, please make sure you hit the like button while you're with us. It's a small thing you can do to really help us in a big organic way. Phil, always helpful, always looking to support and do what he can. We appreciate you, big dog, down in Tucson. Much love and respect. He says, good evening. With today's signing, I see Zach Allen getting more sacks than projected. Thoughts? Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. Yeah, so this was a subject that came up on one of our last couple of pods. You know, hey, career, is this going to be a career year for for uh, Allen in the sack department? And I, Zach, had my um, misgivings about it just because before today, it was like, hey, Randy Gregory and Zach Allen are your two like most likely guys to uh, produce sacks and also the two guys that opposing teams are going to key on and they play different positions. I'm not sure that Gregory is enough of a force to be reckoned with to like fully keep Allen in one-on-one situations in these passing downs and whatnot. But having now also Frank Clark, I agree. It should it should improve the outlook of Zach Allen. Now, does that translate into you know a career year in sacks, which would be something like six, six and a half sacks? Maybe. Uh, I don't think it's it's asking for the world, Zach, especially with how aggressive we know Vance Joseph is in terms of calling uh, his defense, sending blitzes, which creates a lot of one-on-one situations that kind of manufactures them. So here's to hoping. But I do think at the very least, Zach, it does improve his outlook. It would help his outlook even more if the Broncos didn't have Jonathan Harris as the other defensive end starting, If you know, if he had a, another credible player opposite him. But Zach Allen is going to be more productive and more instrumental to the defense than Draymond Jones was. And it's not just sacks. Sacks are kind of overblown. It's what are the other responsibilities? What are they doing on any given down to help out the other 10 players on the field? So Zach Allen, he might not get 15 sacks or put up Aaron Donald-type numbers, but if he's tying up blockers and allowing Randy Gregory to get up to the quarterback, allowing Frank Clark to get there, Baron Browning, that is just as good. I feel like overall against the run, against the pass, he's going to be more impactful and uh, money better spent than if they would have resigned Draymond Jones. Yes. Uh, Albert Knoppers, just want to give him a quick shout-out. The Mile High Dutchie saying, I think we have a winning season. I call 12-5. and five. Love it. Love it, big dog. Uh, Mr. Ruscio, five in the house, been very uh, active last couple of days. We really appreciate you, big dog. Thank you very much. Saying, looks like Vance is getting tools on defense. Definitely has to show up in the field or might be a big stain on his career, unfortunately. Hoping for the best. Seems like an awesome human being. Yeah, Vance Joseph has a great reputation in the league. You know, leader of men, enthusiastic a guy who is conscientious, cares about the people around him, and especially the people that are kind of under his purview. He's got that reputation. Guys go the extra mile for coaches like that. Um, I don't necessarily think Frank Clark all of a sudden like adds additional pressure to VJ, but it's definitely, as you say, Roosh, definitely he's getting more tools for the toolkit, right, that he can figure out how to use on game day. So it just like Zach Allen, Zach, it helps VJ's outlook having Frank Clark in 2023. Someone on Twitter uh, responded to me earlier because I put um, a tweet out that said the Broncos defense now features and I listed all the players and it's freaking loaded. Yeah. Uh, someone said, I hope that it's a Ferrari, you know, that isn't crashed by VJ. I, I don't look at it as a Ferrari necessarily. I look at it as a Tesla, a self-driving autonomous vehicle that you really can't mess up. It would take a lot to mess that up. They have too much talent on that side of the ball. And based on what we've heard from Zach Allen or some of the other players, VJ's kind of grown 
as a defensive coordinator. He's grown as a defensive mind. I think he understands what to do now in Denver and how to maximize the talent. But just in case he's still a buffoon, the talent alone, the ability alone of all these different people and players should be enough to uh, be a top 10 unit at least. Dude, I really don't worry about VJ's acumen or wherewithal as a as a coordinator. Like, we're not talking about Vance Joseph, the head coach here. We're talking about him as a coordinator. And I get it. You know, we could go back into the, the closet and, and, you know, dredge out all the old skeletons of how he finished as a coordinator in Miami, you know, his highest rankings over four years in Arizona and all that stuff, none of which is like uber impressive. But when you factor in the arraignment of talent that he has, and the fact that, again, defensive coordinators suddenly look so much better and so much smarter and so much more effective when their counterparts on the other side of the ball are being productive, right? When the offense is suddenly making hay and, and doing things, man, it makes life so much easier on those guys, the players on defense, et cetera. I don't worry too much, in other words, though, about BJ uh, failing to launch. I think he'll be able to maximize the talent that's here and do a good job. Are, are we going to expect – Wade Phillips, 2015. I'm not. Are we expecting Vic Fangio, Chicago, you know, 2018? I'm not. But I think he'll be a competent coordinator that really I don't think fans should worry too much about. Um, all right. Zach, uh, Zach I want to grab this real quick from Nick Hale, who's a great supporter, always in the hizzy. Great to see you. And a fellow musician. Dude can uh, pen a tune. I love it, dude. Good to see you tonight, Nick Hale. He says, I looked at the roster earlier today. I don't want to jinx it, but we are starting to look deep at every position, something we haven't seen in a long, long time. Stoked about the Frank Clark signing. All I can say is I've never been more excited for a Broncos season because it's been so long since we've been competitive and good. Much love, share, like, yes, MHH for life. Yeah, I, I don't know that uh, I'll agree in a general sense here, Zach, that the Broncos do have depth, but – um, you know, one of the things that separated uh, the early Elway years in Denver, those rosters from some of the recent ones was they had back then hashtag elite depth. All right. When guys went down, I mean, there was a reason even in 2013 with Peyton Manning throwing all those touchdowns and all those yards and whatnot, you had whatever it was, five something, five or six different starters absent. And they still made it to Super Bowl 48. I mean, it turned it into be a bloodbath. But th those teams had just phenomenal depth. I like the depth this time around. I think, Zach, this is a team that's in better, better, uh, better situation with regard to depth. But really, the difference, the ultimate difference maker here is you've got the coach. And it all trickles downhill from that. You know, you've got Sean Payton. And he'll figure out a way uh, to raise all those ships. And I'm stoked to see how it shakes out. Because he's an adult and not a, a rookie or a novice, he won't be afraid to step into that defensive huddle and get things corrected if that defense goes downhill under VJ. I mean, he won't take over the play calling, but he'll put his foot down and make sure that unit is uh, playing at a much higher level. It, you're right. That's why we have a, a shirt that literally says coaching, coaching, coaching. It's why I've been hammering that phrase home almost every podcast. It all starts with the head coach. Sean Payton was a monumental turning point for this franchise. It's right up there when they signed Peyton Manning, Chad. It's going to change the course of Broncos history with one move, and everything else will trickle down from there. Indeed. Guys, we are at 38 minutes. Uh, so any burning topics, questions relative to what's been happening today, 
get it in the chat. Okay. We have a few more minutes left here, but we're, we're getting close. Keith, obviously great to see you big dog. He says, I'm not sure if I missed it, but who doesn't make it in the edge group now, Zach with Clark joining the Broncos. That's a good question. We haven't approached it from that angle quite yet. Um, while we're on this topic of the depth behind uh, Randy Gregory and Frank Clark, I want to remind everybody who I'm seeing some a little bit of panic a little bit earlier in the chat, but Baron Browning is expected to be back for training camp. But just like off, you know, the way it often goes with these situations, Zach, when a guy has that, that kind of a surprise surgery in the offseason, you hear about it, you know, a week or more into June, is they end up being kind of dragged along. Uh, the team plays or tells tells you that they're going to be a lot farther along then they end up slow rolling it and you know it wouldn't surprise me if Baron Browning is a guy that ends up you know being on pup or something like that I'm not saying that's what's going to happen I'm just saying be prepared for that so with that being the case Zach what's your answer now that you got Frank Clark in town you know probably going to keep five edge guys on the active plus whatever you want to do on the practice squad but who maybe had a shot, a better shot at the roster who might now be on the outside looking in? Well, number one, better to do the surgery now or have that happen now than in October, for example. Let him get fully healthy, cleaned up, and ready for the season. I'm not worried about it. He'll be back sometime during training camp. He knows the defense. He's a good player. He'll be fine. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. I mean, who do you really get rid of? Granny Gregory is obviously a mainstay. They just signed Frank Clark. Baron Browning is a projected starter. Jonathan Cooper, because, you know, he does, he's not going to be a starter. He's more of a special teams guy, though I do like Cooper a lot. I think for a yeah. seventh round pick, you've got a lot of production out of him. Nick Benito, could he be a trade candidate? I mean, only after one season, could the Broncos give up on him? He was a second round pick, but he didn't show much last year. It's a crowded room, so much so that I could see them keeping an extra body at that position just so you don't have to cut someone for the sake of cutting someone. Good point. Good point. Although on Benito, it's like, what would he even be worth? I don't think his rookie season, the way Zach is perceived outside Denver, was as bad as a lot of people, you know, fans uh, see it. Uh, but I think uh, here's who, who's making the roster in my book right now. All right, Frank Clark, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, although that is a little bit of a question mark because we just don't know. Is he going to end up being a guy that affects the roster math because he gets put on a pup or whatever, right? That then brought to the roster during the season, whatever. But Baron Browning, so there's three. I'm going to say Nick Benito. Now that fifth one, what's Christopher Allen got? You know, we didn't get to see him at all last year because of the injury, but he's got some bona fides from his time at Alabama. Jonathan Cooper, I don't know. I think maybe it just it makes a guy like Christopher Allen – his path to the roster a little bit more difficult. I mean, Aaron Patrick, last I checked, is still on this roster. A guy who, uh, you know, is kept for his special teams acumen. George Payton calls him a physical freak, like his athletic ability is freakish, twitchy, like off the charts. But he had an ACL last yeah. year. Uh, he's suing, <laughs> he's suing stadiums, he's suing teams, he's suing leagues. Um, so I don't know. But I think, honestly, if it, if it affects anybody, it's, it's those last two guys probably, which are Allen. Uh, Chris Allen and uh, Jonathan Cooper. I forgot to mention Chris Allen. That's a good shout. I, I could see him being a practice squad guy. I, I wouldn't want the Broncos to give up on him so soon because we don't know what he could be. And he was so productive in college. He had such, I think, a, a pretty high ceiling in the NFL. Cooper, though, he's been tried. He's been tested. He's been productive, relatively speaking, for the Broncos. That's a tough decision, man. I wouldn't want to be Vance Joseph making that call. 
no doubt. Um, all right, let me jump back into the chat here and see uh, what's burning on y'all's mind before we dip on out of here for tonight. Exciting. Zach and I, we were just like stoked because most of the time uh, when news breaks, it's on days that our show is not rolling. I mean, we get the benefit of all our shows during the season are on any possible days usually that there will be a game, so we get those gut reactions, and that's great. Uh, but oftentimes, Zach, the news breaks on a Tuesday, breaks on a Wednesday, etc. And so we were just stoked to have this to uh, to talk about tonight with you guys. Um, but um, okay, I think we've pretty much grabbed everything we need to grab. I'm not quite ready to dip on out of here, but very, very close. Zach, I wanted to bring up something um, that you kind of hinted at when we were talking about Caden Stearns. There's an article that just dropped uh, while we've been streaming, in fact from Eric Trickle that's basically five vets who are under pressure this year to perform. And I'll let you guys go read it. But one of the names there is Justin Simmons. And he's not saying that, you know, Justin's in any way, shape, or form in danger of not making this roster. But what he's saying is if he doesn't go have himself a season, when you look at the cap, you look at some of the younger guys coming up and whatnot, there are a lot of reasons, a lot of ways the Broncos could talk themselves into moving on from Justin Simmons. How much of that do you think is a viable issue? I think a lot. I think there's millions of reasons to make that a viable issue. And you hit it at the, uh, the salary cap. And you said earlier, which is true, money talks in the NFL. You either produce or you go. And Brandon McManus proved that. He was overpaid and Broncos didn't feel like he was worth it anymore. Simmons is regarded as a top three safety by Broncos country, maybe even the best safety in the NFL. I never really thought that. I think he's a really good safety. I wouldn't say he's a, uh, you know, a... um generational safety so he has no excuses he's playing in a familiar system again with vj he's playing with a ton of talent around him now from patrick sertan to damari mathis caden stearns all the other front seven people we mentioned it also depends on the development of jl skinner who we talked about and caden stearns if they show tangible success in 2023 and simmons doesn't blossom further or go back to that consistent pro bowl level I agree with Eric. I can see him uh, being moved on from. Yeah, but I do think he'll have a decent season this year. I don't think he's quite hit that, you know, trailing down stretch of his career. If anything, I could maybe see them if he doesn't have like a pro bowl slash all pro type season coming to him and saying, Hey, let's talk about maybe restructuring or something like that. That would be my hope, but I'm with you in that. I do think he gets a little bit more credit than uh, maybe he deserves at times at times. Ian, though, I got to clarify something here. He wants to know, how do I get tickets to the MHH meet and greet? Uh, you don't need tickets for the meet and greet, all right? If you end up wanting to go to the game, um, you'll need, obviously, to get tickets to, to get into, into the game. But we're just going to be set up where we, where we do every single year out in the tailgate, in the parking lot of, of the stadium. And we're going to make sure by the time we get there, everyone's going to know how to find us. But it's the big blue tent that has the Mile High Huddle logo on it, hashtag state of being. Pretty easy to find if you know what you're looking for. And you don't have to have tickets to come say, hey, hang out, meet, greet, all that stuff. Chit chat, talk about the game, talk about the Broncos, all that stuff. So um, hopefully we will see you then, big dog. Mr. Roosh, number two tonight. Yo, thank you. And then we're about out of time. So he says, optimistic that the defense is ranked top five for, for the Broncos. Also, I believe we'll have 2,000-yard rushers with Williams and Pirine. Man, that would be dope. That's a rarity in the NFL. Broncos got close one year, 
uh, with with Mike Anderson and uh, Tatum Bell. I think that's the last time. What was that? Oh five, I want to say, was the cl- last time that that was even like close to being a thing. Um, but Zach, what are your what are your uh, reactions to the possibility of two thousand yard rushers and the optimism that this defense could be a top five unit? I can for sure see the defense being top five just on the talent alone. If VJ grows a brain, they can be top three. They could even be the best defense in the NFL. I'm not saying that because I cover the Broncos. No bias there. There's just so much talent on that side of the ball. Uh, 2,000 yard rushers, though, I'd be happy with one. Again, we don't know when Javante is coming back. We don't know how he's going to look. He might need some time to get back to that pre-injury form. Samaje's never been the number one guy. He's been more of a backup in his career. And also, there's the presence of like legitimately four top receivers on this roster. We, we all know who they are, and they keep adding more and more and more. They have 13 right now on the offseason roster, 13 wide receivers. So if you don't think Sean Payton wants to pass the ball with Russell Wilson, you are crazy. Well said. I want to grab these two comments from 78 Leadhead, who's just prolific in our our commenting community he's great uh 78 leadhead says clark brings a winning mentality to that locker room he's also a dog and he shines bright in the biggest moments 100 percent on everything you just said and then his second topic though is cook feels like an overkill unless in all caps we're gearing up for a 60 40 split in terms of the run to pass ratio this is also something i basically concur with like it does feel like overkill, but I'm not going to hate if it happens. You know, I'm not going to stand up here and try and uh, rain on anybody's parade if the Broncos end up landing Dalvin Cook. But what do you think here, Zach? I agree. I said it earlier. It's a win-win for Denver. If you can get Dalvin Cook on a one-year deal, you know, incentive-laden, incentive he's another weapon for Sean Payton. He allows Javante to come back on his own time frame. He's a, a formidable duo, lightning and thunder, with Samaje Piran. If you don't get him, you have Javante coming back at some point. You have Samaje who's going to hold it down. And maybe Jaleel McLaughlin is a diamond in the rough. Maybe uh, Tyler Beatty can be the number three. You have Tony Jones, too. Maybe they'll pick up another running back at a cheaper contract than Dalvin. So it's a win-win. If he wants to come here, he wants to take a reasonable contract, I'm fine with it. If he wants too much money, he wants to go to Miami, see ya. Uh, Mike, love you, big dog. Thank you so much for your support. Every single night, you are a legendary, mythical figure in our community, and you know this, big dog. So thank you. Um, Jeremiah, back on YouTube, he's saying, bro, Jay Sims is the man. What are we saying? He wasn't the man on that Sam Darnold run, though. I mean, he's had a lot of plays like that. I I said, Simmons is a really, really good safety, but is he one of the all-time greats? No. Is he the best safety in the NFL? No. I think Buda Baker is a better safety, speaking of him, than Justin Simmons is. I'm not crapping on him, but he's being paid a lot of money. And there's no excuse why he can't be a consistent pro bowler and be a consistent player on a snap-by-snap basis. If he is, I'll give him his flowers, and I'll say he's the man. But there's been times where he's not been the man, and it's killed the Broncos' defense. I uh, much love and respect for Justin Simmons. I, you know, we're really just getting out into the weeds, so to speak, on some of this off-season talk. But this, remember, I'll, I'll remind you, Jeremiah, that the reason Simmons is even a topic of conversation tonight is just simply that, you know, he, relative to his contract and where things are at with some of the young guys on the roster. He really does need to make this a leave no doubt type of season for his status quo to continue uh, a pace. So anyway, Mike, love you, big dog. Hopefully, Jeremiah, that makes some sense to you. Um, but 
But uh, all right, let me see one last thing here. Nick, we'll catch you on the flip-flop, big dog. Um, there is one. Jeremy, last one, and then we're going to go. We're going to say bye-bye. Good to see you tonight, Jeremy. Who's QB2 this year? That one's easy, buddy. Uh, that one's easy, Zach. Tell them who it is. Jared Stidham. They signed him. Sean Payton handpicked him. Two-year, $10 million contract. That is your backup quarterback. I could see Ben Zanucci putting up a good fight in training camp, but there's a reason why they targeted uh, Jared Sidham the way they've talked about him as maybe even a potential starter in the NFL on a full-time basis. That's your guy. Good to see you, Colby. Uh, appreciate you tuning us in even a little bit while you're at work. So when you come back and circle back and rewatch this, here's your shout out, big dog. Really appreciate your support. Um, all right. I got to say this too. Last thing Scott illustrates Scott has a very nice propensity, Zach, for boiling things down uh, in a way that is very compelling. Ask yourself this, says Scott, would Justin Simmons get 18 million bucks as a free agent, 18 million a year? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, but with that, guys, let's uh, – Zach, we got a few messages, but shall we wind her down? Man, I can't believe I looked up and we're at 51 minutes already. You guys make this podcast incredible and incredibly fast, and that's a good and bad thing. But if you haven't followed us on Twitter, be sure you're doing so at the MHH pod, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like you see us rocking every single night, go to MHHmerch.com and check that out. On Facebook, go to Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you're on Apple, be sure you go on Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-SA five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please, I implore you all, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans. Just like you amen to that much love and respect to the great super chat superstars and supporters tonight helping keep the lights on here at mhh starting with the duchess michaela parker love you so much uh david kilgore legendary og been with us since we started doing these as live streams 2019 ish david mcelrath gary palmer carol allen mr rouge 05 throwing down tonight sam bam throwing down love you big dog troy throwing down Doug on Facebook, George on Facebook. George, don't forget, shoot us that email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let's get your jersey rolling. Mike Ronquillo, mythical. Phil, mythical. Colby, the triple C. You'll be listening later, but shout out to you, big dog. Really appreciate each and every one of you. And, you know, we're off tomorrow. We're off Saturday. We'll be back in the saddle Sunday. Can't wait to see you all then. Have a great weekend, everyone. Take care. And as always... Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.